Welcome back to Last Choice on the Left, a horror podcast by Last Choice Network. I'm Chris. And I'm Lauren. And tonight, Lauren, we're going to talk about our favorite horror video games. Not to be confused yes. with horror games, horror games. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, ah, man, horror games. I've played so many in the last... I don't even know so many years um, from like indie horror to mainstream AAA games. It, it's it's been a long ride. So picking like favorites and stuff is pretty hard. But I'd have to say my favorite thing in a horror game, I guess, would probably be ambience ambiance. More if you say that. Um, I just like it. I, I like it over jump scares. It gives more of like a sense of the setting that you're in the creepy noises in the background are always really cool to listen to and then sometimes jump scares just get a little cheap you know they get a little annoying yeah i'm not a fan of jump scares either whether it's games movies um to me at some point it just shows a level of sloppy storytelling yeah. Um, you didn't have anything to fill me with suspense or dread, so you just make a loud noise and have something jump out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, like I said earlier, I just I like to be scared. Um, so having favorites, I would still say my favorite is the Resident Evil series. Um, but another game that, and again, talking about not knowing how to pronounce anything, um, I was a backer on was uh, Visage, I think is how it's pronounced. Yeah. Um, and I will say that that game, I still have not completed it because that game terrifies me. Um, if you were a fan of the uh, PT uh, playable demo, you will love yeah. this game because um, it's the same type of thing where you're just constantly walking around a house and everything is happening around you. But it does, it has the ambiance. You know, it's dark. It's there are some jump scares, but it's not uh, like Five Nights at Freddy's where everything's a jump scare. Oh yeah, Five Five Nights at Freddy's. It's fun, I guess, but in a sense of like, I couldn't get into it. Like, there, I know there's a lot of lore. There's a lot of like background stuff in that game, but it's more or less like, okay, you know, you go through the night, you lose. You do it again. You get jump scared constantly. It gets a little irritating, a little frustrating. I wish they almost focused more on the lore in that game rather than put it in the background. I thought that would have been like way cooler of an idea to do. But I know there is another one coming out, too. Um, they're doing another Five Nights at Freddy's, so that'll be interesting. I think it's taking the same route as the other ones. But I am more interested in the lore at this point than the game itself. That's for sure. Looking forward to as well, they're uh, making a movie. Uh, Blumhouse is doing a movie uh, with Five Nights at Freddy's, and they uh, actually just had to fire the director to keep the creator happy. Oh. So, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if they're able to focus on the lore versus just things jumping out at you out of the dark. I would definitely be excited to see that because, oh, like yeah. I said, I love the lore. It's it's a really cool, like, in-depth game, but it's all the jump scares that are just kind of like, eh, it, it could do without it for yeah. sure. 
So for Resident Evil, um, the first game I ever played Resident Evil series-wise was the original RE2 back in 1998 when it came out. Um, I was already 20 at the time. Um, <laughs> I was I, one. I know that uh, some people were, you know, much younger then. Um, and for something that when you look at that game now and how, you know, on the PS1 and the graphics, it was still able to scare the shit out of you. Um, the zombies, for the most part, were like the original Night of the Living Dead zombies. They weren't really chasing. They weren't running after you. It was more of a slow stalking of you. Um, but you start throwing in some of the bosses, the tyrant characters, and Mr. X, especially Mr. X in the remake. Yeah. Um, you know, the relentless pursuit, it's what drew me into it. I also love the fact that you it was basically two games in one because um, you yeah. played it both as Leon um, and as Claire. And their stories were separate stories, but they kept intertwining with each other until the end, um, which was something that I don't really remember happening in many mainstream games at the time. Um, so that was the first game I played. It terrorized me, so I stopped playing the games for a long time and didn't come back to it until Nintendo remastered the original Resident Evil for GameCube. Um, so bought that, bought RE0, and then ended up buying the entire collection at the time, which I think went to Resident Evil 4 for GameCube. Then started buying 5 and 6 on uh, 360. Then buying all of them for PlayStation 4. And now I'm about to buy all of them for my Xbox Series X because I sold everything else to buy my Series X because, you know, who can drop 400 bucks on a console easily yeah. all the time? Um, I just, I love the games. No matter how many times I play them, no matter knowing what is going to happen next, although I haven't played the remakes of RE2 or RE3, so I know there are some differences there. But knowing the story and exactly when things happen, it still scares me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love those games. Speaking of the Resident Evil, um, I like the newer ones. <clears throat> those ones, the 7 and 8, took a very different route, like with the first person and all that, and... I think seven was really refreshing for the franchise for sure. It went back to just, it was creepy. It was yeah. really scary. I think eight was a little more like four with the combat heaviness of it, but it overall still a very good game. And I'm really shocked. They're keeping the series alive. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, seven is exactly what it needed to be because six, I own it. I play it. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, so had seven not succeeded, I really think it would have been the death of the franchise, at least for a very long time. Um, part of the reason why I rebought everything on PS4 was to play seven in VR, which again is terrifying. 
Um, although I'm the type of person when I get scared real bad, I also start cracking up because yep. I love it. Um, yeah, playing that in VR, it's it's an entirely different experience. Um, you know, I'm half thinking about as much as I hate Facebook and think Facebook is the devil uh, about getting an Oculus because of the remake of Resident Evil 4 and it being available in VR as well. Mm-hmm. So that may make it worth it just to have to make an account with those evil things and, and be able to play the game. Yeah, definitely. I I played 7 in VR and I'm the same way. I just laughed my ass off the entire time. I was confused. I was scared. I was saying words that I probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> It was amazing, but I loved it. It, It's, I think VR, not only that brought a whole different feel to gaming and especially with horror games, like, um, the walking dead saints and sinners is another one in VR and that game is petrifying, but it's probably one of the best VR games I've ever played. It's super realistic, like weirdly realistic. It's cool. It's hard to play at the same time, but it's just refreshing i didn't get super motion sick while playing it which sometimes i do with some vr games which was really nice um but it was it was fun and yeah it's i think vr will definitely come a long way especially with horror games uh there will be more and more i think that'll come out eventually at least i hope (laughs) yeah it's uh one of the problems i had with re7 in vr is i already have a hard enough time playing first person games i can do about 45 minutes before i have to put it down um and vr again can make you feel very ill so it it was a struggle to get through but it was a struggle well worth it um because of the entire experience oh definitely Another VR that. one I love too was uh, the Until Dawn VR game, yes. um, and it was you were just on a roller coaster shooting carnival type things. But again, doing it in VR and with it being Until Dawn was just amazing. I loved Until Dawn. I love the new anthology series they're doing. I think their storytelling is spot on and the way you get attached to their characters and then all of a sudden can have one just taken away from you out of nowhere I think is really fun and it's different and I also like that they made the new ones multiplayer um I thought that was really cool that you could actually you know somebody else could accidentally kill off their character and then you have no control over it it's it's just a really cool idea and I'm really excited to see where that next one goes to um I haven't heard a whole lot about it, but I've seen, uh, I think it was like a teaser trailer or something, but it looks really cool. Little Hope was really cool. Man of Medan was cool. So I'm definitely excited for those. Yeah. And what I loved about uh, Until Dawn is the first time I ever played it, I was actually with James um, and we would play it. Uh, he, I let him have the controller because I have very shaky hands. And as you know, there's certain points of the game where you cannot move. Oh, yeah. Um, but we would sit there and just all take turns about what decision do you make? You know, do you do this or do you do that? And so 
although he was controlling the action, all of us would have a say in the game. Uh, and I want to say our first playthrough, we ended up losing two people. Um, but that was what was cool is you could play the game and everyone could survive or no one could survive. Right, exactly. I wish more horror games would do stuff like that, like the butterfly effect too, like certain things you touched, certain things you picked up, you know, they had an effect on the rest of the game. I thought that was a really cool thing that they did. Um, Like I said, more games should do that. You know, it opens up more possibilities for more playthroughs. It makes people want to play it more and, you know, play it again and see what different endings they can get. It just gives a lot of longevity to the game that I feel like a lot of horror games don't do. Um, You know, going back to Resident Evil 2, having two paths. Was it two paths you could take or was there like A and B to those two? Yeah, it was A and B. You did yeah. one playthrough as Leon, one playthrough as Claire. And then if you passed both of those, then you could do uh, like the Tofu playthrough. And yeah. so there were other things, but that's really what I loved about RE2 is it was two games in one. Exactly. And, and it was immediately the value for the price of the game. You couldn't beat it. And then I agree, especially now that video games, especially on consoles, are, you know, $70 for a base game. Forget about getting a special edition, a collector's edition. You're already shelling out $70. And if it doesn't have the replayability to it, why would you want to pay $70 for the game? Exactly. That's the thing. It, most people will wait till it's on sale, you know, they're, they'll go look at other websites. I know like G2A is a big one, like on PC, you know, just to get games on sale. It's like when you have multiple things in a game like that, it brings so much longevity to the game. It creates a whole cult following for the game. You know, people get nostalgic over the game. And I feel like a lot of franchises, unfortunately, like kind of kicked the can with that one and they didn't really do it as well as others did like resident evil or you know even silent hill like i wish so bad that they would bring that back because those games were beautiful they were amazing games um i think konami because i know they broke up but hideo kojima was actually talking about trying to get the rights to another silent hill game and he wants to try and do the whole pt thing again and that like that teaser that playable teaser by itself got me so hooked on wanting that game and when i found out that it was canceled i cried a little bit i was upset it was it stuff like that just doesn't get made anymore and it's super depressing and i'm really hoping that with all these cult followings and all these people you know social media and stuff like that that they hope or they don't hope but they can actually get things out there like hey bring this back people will buy it people you know want to see it like i'm really hoping that things kind of kick up a little bit in the horror game industry that i don't know light a fuel under somebody's ass up up top somewhere and just kind of like hey let's get this shit rolling come on like (laughs) well and and rumor is konami is bringing back silent hill and another great franchise that they've let rot which is castlevania I think Castlevania, for me, was, I think, well, 
two of my introductions to horror games, if you want to call them that, were Castlevania, back on the original Nintendo, and Ghosts and Goblins. Um, and I would love to see Castlevania make a comeback. Um, again, you want to talk about a series that has just great lore to it and the characters. And I remember being so excited playing Castlevania 3 and you got to play as Alucard and turn into a bat. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, I still have nightmares about Ghosts and Goblins only because that was probably the most difficult game I've ever played in my life. Um, Cause you know, they touch you twice and you die. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I would love to see those franchises come back by studios that respect them and in 21st century grandeur. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So, anything else you want to talk about on this topic? Hmm. Well, speaking of studios that you know, shouldn't be making games. No. <laughs> um, I'm not going to come at anybody here, but that that does become a problem. You know, people sell out. Like, Microsoft's buying a bunch of different studios, like Bethesda, for instance, you know, and it becomes an issue of, like, a corporate thing. You know, you look at it, and it's like, okay, yes, they're a huge company, but are they really going to put all the love into the game that there should be? Like, that's why I personally lean a little bit more towards, like, indie games. So, speaking of studios that shouldn't be making video games, Hmm. uh, let's talk about Abandon. And what a shit show that has been so far. Um, I don't know if you've been following it, but uh, there is huge speculation that this is a Silent Hill project from Kojima. Um, The speculation is, uh, watching the trailer, that it is very similar to a a trailer from a previous Silent Hill game. That because the head of the studio has the same initials as Kojima, it's him trolling everyone uh, giving hints that he is working on this so far that has been denied by everybody involved uh, especially because the head of this studio has made appearances and is a real live human being um, and then the disaster of their app to watch their trailer and nothing works it's a mess it's an absolute mess Congratulations, PlayStation, on your upcoming exclusive. I'm sure it'll sell like gangbusters. <laughs> yeah, which is supposedly supposed to be coming out sometime this year. Something to look knows? forward to if you <laughs> actually have gotten your hands on a PlayStation 5. That's true. <laughs> Those are few and far between. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's why. Why troll people? Why fool the internet and make a really shitty app in the process? I don't understand. But, I mean, who knows? This could also be a part of the marketing. It could be, like, a huge suspense thing. And then all of a sudden, this game's going to drop. And maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be bad. (laughs) One can only hope. Although, with all of the recent setbacks in gaming, uh, I... It probably isn't dropping this year. Let's face it. Everything's been getting pushed back. 
Um, even speaking about another game that's being pushed back, Dying Light 2. I've been waiting for that game for years <laughs> and then just got informed that it was getting pushed back again. Was really upset. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what to think about Abandoned. Uh, if it is a Silent Hill project type thing, that might be really cool. But I doubt it. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll definitely keep you guys updated, though, if we find out anything more. Because, you know, why not? It's up our alley. I'm sure you guys would be interested to hear about it. But, yeah. <laughs> and on that depressing note, that's all the time for today. Thanks again for joining us on Last Choice on the Left, a horror podcast brought to you by Last Choice Network. Be sure to stop by next week when we preview Halloween Kills, my most anticipated movie of 2021. Until then, I've been Chris, and you can follow me at cmharger78 on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Lauren, and you can follow me on anxiouspeach13 at twitch.com. And scene.